Hi, I'm Chris Apolito, and welcome to the Get Coached Podcast, where I'm documenting my journey from employee to entrepreneur while featuring the coaches that are helping me along the way. Each episode, these coaches provide actionable advice to help me and you, the audience, find more success as entrepreneurs. I invite you to join the journey so we can go and grow together. This is episode number 18 of the Get Coach podcast. And in this episode, I sat down with Tom Kelly. Tom is a master certified business and executive coach that specializes in working with salespeople, entrepreneurs, small business owners, and corporate executives. He has over 18 years of coaching experience and has coached for some of the most well-known names in the coaching industry, including Ken Blanchard, Tony Robbins, Brian Tracy, and Jack Canfield. Tom and I talked about what it takes for anyone to become a great salesperson. So please enjoy this conversation with Tom Kelly. Hey, Tom, welcome to the Get Coached podcast. Uh, It's great to have you here. So thanks for for joining. Awesome, Chris. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, appreciative of the opportunity. You're welcome. I'm I, I think I say this a few times, but this one I'm really excited for. Uh, you're, one of the things you coach clients on is sales, and you even have a, a four-step process that you kind of walk them through to kind of teach them or empower them or whatever it is. I'm going to get you to explain that a little bit more. I'll add just some brief context as far as why I'm so excited about it. I, in my working career, have basically been in a sales role of some sort. Uh, for probably 20 years, close to 20 years. So I'm, I'm hungry to learn what you have to share <laughs> and uh, see where that goes. So if you don't mind, I'll, I'll just kind of throw it over to you and, and maybe walk us through that four-step process and why sales is so important for, awesome. for really every business owner. Yeah. You know, it's interesting as a business coach, I work with salespeople, entrepreneurs, small business owners, even corporate executives. And, you know, one of the things that I find that people constantly struggle with is sales, right? I mean, if you lined up a hundred business owners uh, right now outside of your office and said, Hey, what's the biggest business challenge you have right now? 99 hands would go up in the air and say, how do I get more business, right? How do I bring in more customers? And, you know, I think too, it's, it's even exacerbated um, because of the bad salespeople that we have out in the world, right? We've all experienced the annoying sales guy, uh, the used car salesperson, the guy that's telemarketing, you know, right in the middle of dinner, that sort of thing, right? So I think a lot of my clients, you know, entrepreneurs, all the way even up to, you know, veteran salespeople like yourself that have been doing this for a long time, have a lot of mindset issues around, you know, hey, I don't want to be perceived as the annoying sales guy. I don't want to be the aggressive sales guy. I really am concerned about how my customers and prospects, you know, view me, especially if I'm a business owner, right? Because their, you know, uh, relationship with their customer um, is really important to them. So one of the things that I've, you know, done and I've had, you know, sales experience myself as well for 28 years and also 18 years as a sales coach. Um, I think it's important to really boil down sales to a real simple process. And so over the years, I've not only coached veteran salespeople on this, but also people that are new to sales or have never sold before. And it really comes from the context of having a systematized approach to how you sell and making it simple and easy for people. 
Um, and really what I start with is number one, the thought process that, you know, people don't buy products and services. Uh, they buy solutions to their problems. So mm. really step one in the four step process is just having a conversation with someone and asking them some great questions about exacerbating and understanding what the challenges are that they're trying to solve. Right. So the first question that I always ask, and I call it my signature question, um, because I'm a business coach is when I'm talking to someone about coaching, I'll say, well, what's your biggest business challenge? And really what that does is that opens up a dialogue around the things that they're challenged with. And then we start digging into that for my clients. I encourage them to think about, you know, what is their business and what are the types of customers that they're dealing with and what is their signature question? You know, what is it that they can ask to start a conversation with a prospect or even if they're networking um, around, you know, what that person's challenges are. Hmm. And what that does is it just starts a simple conversation to better understand what that person's thinking about, um, you know, what maybe they're consumed with, what's, you know, causing them not to sleep at night. And it's really a great way to understand, you know, first of all, what the challenge is, but also, hey, can I help that person solve the problem with my business and my solution that I have? So that's right. the first thing, right? And, you know, in my experience also, and you can probably relate to this as well as a salesperson is, you know, people buy when there's pain. So the next step in that process, you know, that's the first step. And underneath that first step is really digging into that a little bit. So, you know, if I were to ask you, for example, what your biggest business challenge is, what would you say to me? Uh, currently, it's the technical work that I is required that goes into oh, building sure. a site, producing podcasts, creating content to promote it, all like that, that really technical type stuff. Mm -hmm. It's not my favorite thing to do. It's, it's necessary and, and a requirement. What I enjoy is the strategic side, sitting down with a, a prospective client and actually doing exactly kind of what we're talking about. Though I don't see it as selling, selling it's solution oriented, right? Let's sure, solve the problem. Right. But I guess in a sense it's selling. So that part, that's what I enjoy. But mm -hmm. for me, my current biggest pain is, is all that technical work uh, right, exactly. that, that goes into the business I'm launching. Awesome. So now that we've identified what that is, right, the, that, you know, the next part of that first step is what I call digging deeper. And what that's really about is just asking more questions to really understand what kind of problems and issues that pain is causing that person. Mm. So, you know, if you and I were having a conversation, I would dig into that. Okay, so great. The technical things are really causing you some problems. What kind of issues is that causing in your business? And, you know, digging deeper on that. Um. What it is, I think, is is it's the fact that I feel like I'm stuck in the business as far as like I'm working in the business versus mm -hmm. working on the business. Though I'm I'm so early on that I I I try and reframe it for myself. This is like personal coaching for myself. Oh sure. <laughs> but, uh, I reframe it in the sense that this is required work. So though it may feel like I'm working in the business and stuck in the weeds of it a little right. bit, it's required work. So I I always reframe it that. I am working on the business, mm -hmm. but I, I do aspire and, and look forward to the day where I can either delegate or outsource some of this type of work so that it can free up my time so that I can do where I, the things that I know I can add the most value. Oh, absolutely. And, and what else is it costing you to have to focus on this technical stuff that you really don't find enjoyable? Uh, it, it, it's so draining as far mm -hmm. as my energy when I'm doing the things that I truly enjoy and, and, and really get, I get energized doing it and time mm -hmm. flies by. Whereas right. when I have to do the few kind of things where I just, 
I go into it and I'm just like, oh, I'm not looking forward to this. <laughs> Absolutely. It, uh, 30 minutes later and I go, what? It's only been 30 minutes. It felt like hours <laughs> that I was doing that work. So it's just like, it's mentally exhausting. It's, uh, it's a little bit stressful because some of the work is things that I'm, I'm, I'm not great at. It's, or, or don't, I'm not proficient, I should sure. say. So it takes me a lot longer to do it compared to somebody who's an expert in it or a professional in that, that space. Right. Exactly. So just to kind of sum this up, you know, the technical issues of your business is really costing you to work in the business versus on the business. It's not yeah. something you're passionate about. So it's draining a lot of your mental energy and also your physical energy. And it's also adding to your stress level, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure that's probably causing some other issues outside of your work as well. Yeah, um, possibly like lack of sleep, though, having a newborn, I could pro easily attribute it to that, <laughs> um, you know, just things like that. And and I would assume that a lot of other entrepreneurs and business owners kind of feel the same, like the, the end result, the pain is probably right. going to feel a little similar. It's mm -hmm. the pain that it's what is it that's getting them to that pain that I right. think is is the most valuable part as far as like what you're sharing like when it comes to a right. sales conversation it's you we can all assume that everybody's got similar pains but it's mm -hmm. what's causing that pain that yeah, absolutely that we're going to get to that in a yeah. little bit further on in the process here step number three is going to help us really kind of identify okay. that okay. but you know we've now what we've done is we've identified what the pain is and we've exacerbated it a little bit right and what i would continue to do um, is, you know, continue exploring that with you to really amp up that pain factor right? So that, you, so that you're, you know, so that I understand what it is, that you also understand what it is. Um, so then we can move on to the next step, which is step number two. Can I ask which, a quick question on, on yeah, sure. two then when you're, when you, you mentioned exacerbating the pain? Yes. Um, would, would a, a different way of saying it is really getting that person to almost like bring that pain back back into them exactly in a sense. bring like that you, to the surface right right like yeah. you're, you're mentioning it like tell me how does it feel when you have to like you asked me mm -hmm. and exactly. then they're gonna like i actually started feeling it like uh the anxiety was almost like exactly, building up right? a little bit in me yeah okay yeah, because so. people people buy well people actually if you if you boil it down to just basic human behavior we do things for one of two reasons to avoid pain or to gain pleasure yeah so, yeah. and sales is no different, right? So if you have pain and you want to get rid of that pain, you're going to be looking for a solution for that. So I don't want to tell you what your pain is. I want you to tell me. Hmm. So by asking great questions, just, just having a conversation, sort of like a consultant would do if they were troubleshooting a problem, I'm doing the same thing in this first step is really just identifying what is that pain? And then let's, you know, dig into that and bring it forward so that I can really understand what you're going through, what your feelings are, what your emotions are, and what kind of other issues that's causing for you. Right. And as I fully explore that, what happens is that becomes more and more real for you and it goes up from 10 to 20 to 30 to 100, right? And when you're up in that 100 level, that's when you know it's time to move to the next step in the process, right. which is simply asking you, hey, well, what would you like it to be like? Or as a, as a, you know, what I like to often say is, Hey, if I could wave a magic wand, Chris, and make that problem go away, yeah. what would that solution look like? I've, I've used that line too. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. It, it works pretty well, right? It's like you're a yeah. magician or something, but you know, the, the point is, is what you want to do in step number two is explore the fun part. You know, what would right. the solution look like? Right. So, you know, going on with our theme here of the technology in your business and that pain that you're experiencing, what would you like it to be like? 
what I would love it to look like is, is having other people do it that mm -hmm. are much more proficient at it. So okay. they're the quality and, and the speed at which they're able to output mm -hmm. is significantly better than what it is that I can do. Um, and, and just being able to, to guide them and, and, and give them direction and mm -hmm. let them run with it. Uh, I've, I, my most positive experiences when it came to working for somebody else was mm -hmm. that basic scenario of they taught and guided, but then eventually they, they said, okay, now run with it. Like go, right. I, I'm trusting you. And, and I know you're going to make mistakes, but we're going to, you're going to learn from those mistakes and I'll help you learn from those mistakes as far as like, what, what was the mistake? What could mm -hmm. you have done differently? What, what did you learn from that? So being able to build uh, a team of of whether it's freelancers or or employees or whatever it be, but having them take on that kind of work because they like it, like they actually love right. that kind of work. Whereas I'm my strength is is somewhere else, and then just building this. I like the term of always like an Avenger team of superheroes <laughs> awesome. that are just. Right awesome at all these very different skill sets but when you get them together they just kick butt right so Perfect. to me so you want to have a great team that's able to do that for you yeah so that that would be the desired outcome i would like yeah awesome and if you had that if you had that in place today what what would that do for you personally it would it would just really free up my time to focus on growing the business and and working mm -hmm. on the business if if they ran into a bunch of roadblocks and obstacles that were preventing them from from taking taking their roles to the next level, mm -hmm. I would come in and work with them to like let's get that roadblock or obstacle out of the way, including Great. if it was even myself. Like how do we how do we optimize and systematize your process mm -hmm. so that you're enjoying your job and and it starts freeing up your time so that you can maybe start exploring other things. Like for awesome. me, a big thing that as I grow a business and, and start working and building a team is I, I've always had this vision of bringing on people, but telling them from the get go, like, I actually don't expect you to be with me for a very long time mm -hmm. because I want you to go out there and do your own thing. Right. Interesting. While, but Interesting. while we're working together, let's, let's learn and teach each other. And, and then we're, we're going to create this thing together. And then eventually you'll have the skill sets that you'll, you'll be ready to go and do it on your own. And I'll support you in that as well. However, we, we figure that out. Oh, that's but, great. Um, I just, that's the kind of person I would want to add to the team. So mm -hmm. that's what I'm aspiring for and looking for eventually. Awesome. So really you'd be able to elevate yourself sort of as the more the entrepreneur, the person working on the business, you would be able to spend time working on things you're passionate about, yeah. empower these other people to work on things they're passionate about, and then almost be a, a coach for them, right? You know, helping them grow and, and reach their potential and then eventually kicking them out of the nest so they could go do their own thing and kind of yeah. moving forward from there, right? Yeah. Because I think the types of people that I like to surround myself with coaches, entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. the, the types of people that are always working towards improving themselves. The, the term I use is like leveling up. You're always looking to level yourself up. Great. And, and as I'm going to bring that kind of person into my world and we're going to work together, but I want to see them level up and get to a point where they're, they're at a level that they're ready to go out and, and adventure on their own. Mm -hmm. 
but we'll, we'll all have that lasting partnership for hopefully for life kind of thing. Wow. That Um, sounds pretty powerful. Yeah. It's, I don't know. That's maybe pie in the sky optimism, but that's, that's the vision I have as I, I grow this. Great. So it's more, it's more for you. It's, it's more about, you know, not just solving the technical problems and the things you don't like doing in your business, but it's about, you know, empowering other people and working in your business and building that, you know, team of Avengers, as you said, yeah. to kind of go out and conquer the world, so to speak. Pretty much. That's yep. awesome. Okay, <laughs> great. So we just accomplished step number two, which is really understanding, hey, ideally, what would you like the situation to be like, right? And we learned a couple things. Number one, we learned that, you know, you want to build a team of people to do the technical stuff. But at a other, other level from that, it's really about, you know, helping those people and empowering those people to do what they do and helping them get better at what they do and kind of leveling yourself up while you're leveling them up as well. So there's yeah. lots of advantages and stuff there, which is great. Yeah. So now that we've explored those two things, I know what your pain point is and what that's costing you. I know what you want it to look like and, and the benefits of that. The third question here is really what's preventing you from having that? And that's what I like to say is what the real issue is, right? The real issue is not that you're having to focus on these technical things. The real issue is the question now is what's preventing you from doing that? You just told me what your problem is. You told me what you want the solution to be like. And by the way, what's interesting is that when you have this conversation with people, it's very valuable because most of the time they're not thinking about those things. So now you've helped them identify what the challenge is for them. And now they really understand what it's costing them. You've helped them understand, you know, what they really want, which most people don't know, by the way. So as you walk them through that process, they, there's value to that. And now we're getting to the brass tacks of, okay, what's, what's the real issue here? What's preventing you from being able to do that? So I'd like to ask you that question is you know, what's preventing you from, you know, solving the problem? Uh, so I made a commitment to myself uh, and this was mm-hmm. actually one of the, the episodes I did with, um, uh, his name is Ari Meisel. Mm-hmm. He's uh, owns Less Doing brand, so okay. productivity coach. And in our conversation, he had mentioned something because I'd asked him a question, and he said basically, until you reach a certain, uh, well, I'll just share because it it's in the episode. But until you mm-hmm. reach a point of three hundred thousand dollars in mm-hmm. in revenue in your mm-hmm. business, he's like, you should not hire a person. He's like, figure oh, it out yourself, grind it out. And, and he's like, you can do it because there's a lot of people that have done it. Mm-hmm. And, and until you get to that point, it doesn't make sense to start hiring because, and this was the reason he gave is you haven't quite figured out your system yet and your processes mm-hmm. and, and, and all the key things that go into when you start hiring people in a sense, you're duplicating yourself. Mm-hmm. If you're duplicating something that's broken, well, that's only going to exacerbate the problem eventually, sure. right? Absolutely. So that was his recommendation and, and that's something I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick to, uh, <laughs> and, and just grind it out and I'll learn a lot of lessons along the way, which those lessons will be incredibly valuable once I start building that team, because I can then share the personal journey. It, it might take longer, mm-hmm. but the, the value I feel that I'm going to get is worth it. Great. So, so I, I certainly find value in that, right? And that's probably good advice for a lot of people, but I want to challenge you a little bit on sure. that. Is that, is that always true? Um, I wouldn't, I, I, I would agree that it's probably not always true because there mm-hmm. could be circumstances or situations where if it's a big enough bottleneck mm-hmm. that 
by simply just finding the right partner and bringing them in early on in the process and right. then just working very closely with them on on making sure that it's done at the way that it needs to be done and there are no like mm-hmm. broken systems broken processes right it could accelerate and then and just bring bring the business as a whole to just that next level much much faster Absolutely right, and and the the thing I'm thinking here is, is an analogy in my mind, right? That just popped in my head, right? Like if you had cancer, right, you wouldn't try to cure the cancer yourself. No, <laughs> you would you would go to the doctor, right, and you'd go find a specialist that's an expert at this. And it's sort of yeah. the same thing about the technology in your business, right? Probably the fast track way to do it, you could certainly do it yourself and learn how to do that, and then bring someone into your business and teach them how to do that. Um, or you could say, hey, you know what, I'm going to bring in an expert that I know is already an expert at this that's been there, done that, and they could probably help you rapidly get to where you want to go, right? Right, um, right. So that would be my challenge to you there is to maybe rethink kind of your belief system around that. Um, maybe that's true for you, but maybe it's not. And, you know, if it's not true and there might be something else true or another, you know, avenue for you to go down, perhaps that's worth exploring to speed up that process to 300000 so you can get you know, faster up to the next level and level up, as you said before, more quickly, right? Yeah, yeah, but really, that's true. Based on where you're at now, what's preventing you is really getting to that 300,000 level, right? Yeah. So yeah. if I could show you a way to quickly get to that 300,000 level by doing it yourself and your paradigm and your belief system here, would that be valuable to you? Yeah, of course. Okay, great. So do you see what I did just there? Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I helped you sold. see that. I'm sold. Yeah. Hey, the, the, pro- the problem isn't your technology. The problem is, is, you know, how you're thinking about this. And we identified that the real issue in your business is, hey, you, you feel you need to get to 300,000 before you can get to the next level. Yeah. So knowing that, you know, and as a business coach, I could probably help you get there a lot faster, right? So that third step is really identifying what's preventing you. And then segueing to the fourth question, which is what I just said is, hey, if I could show you a way to get to where you wanted to go to that 300,000 level faster than you're doing right now, what value would that have to you? Right. Because here's the truth, right? You know, people are looking for a a solution to their problem, but they have to see value in that. And as long as the value that they see in your solution is more than you're going to charge them, you're usually going to make that sale. Mm-hmm. So if you said, well, Tom, that's worth a hundred dollars to me and I charge $5,000. Well, that's not going to work. Right. Yeah. I, I have to go back and go back through those steps, exacerbate the problem, exacerbate the solution. So you see the value in that so that you see more value in that. And that's why, by the way, it's so important in the first two steps to do your due diligence and spend enough time on those things. So that when you get to the portion of talking about what the solution looks like and what's preventing and you know working with you, that they see the value in that. Right. Because if you skip over that too quickly, then when you get to the ask them what the value is, they don't see any value in that. So really the fourth step in the process is asking them that question, what is that value? And then having them articulate that. So I'll ask you that question. Like if I was able to show you a way to solve that problem so you could fast track to 300,000 and get to the next level, what would, what value would that have to you? Oh, geez. <laughs> well, there's the number I'm willing to pay and then there's the number that I am able to pay, right? Okay, so, sure, absolutely. Um, like for me, I'd be willing, like if I, if I could, I would be like, I would pay 
10,000, 15,000. Like I would pay Mm -hmm. a pretty significant amount of, of money up front knowing that with, with that support system, that product, that service, that whatever Mm -hmm. it is, is going to get me to a result of something like $300,000 in, in annual revenue. Right. Because obviously that's a pretty solid return on investment, right? Absolutely, right? So you can yeah. do that equation. You say, hey, I, I invest 15 grand and I get to 300 grand. Let's just assume you're at 100 grand today. That's 200,000 of value yeah. over whatever period of time that is. That's a great investment, right? You know, you've, you know, 20 times that investment. So, you know, that makes sense and you'll do that most likely all day long. Mm-hmm. And that's really what we're looking for in that fourth step is evaluating what the value is. And, and really, if you come at this, you know, you can come at this one of two ways. You can come at it from a sales perspective, like the aggressive sales guy, like, hey, I need to convince this guy there's value, which I don't recommend. Um, but if you come at it from a consulting perspective, right, of being detached from the results and just really coming from the heart and saying, hey, I'm, I'm looking for a great match here for my business. And I want to really understand what this person's issue is and see if I can help them. And really understand that you're exploring it from that perspective. And so you're sincerely exploring that value proposition with that person. They'll sell themselves. Right. You know, if you ask the right questions and explore that with them deeply, then you're not going to have the issue about, you know, moving forward or, you know, using ugly closing techniques or any of that used car salesman person stuff. Right. What's interesting to Chris about this process is that it will work with someone that's brand new to sales. It'll also work with somebody that's been in sales for 20 or 30 years like yourself. Yeah. Because oftentimes as salespeople, and I've been there too, you know, we forget how simple the process is. The other thing in sales, as you know, is there's a syntax to things. And what I mean by syntax is there's an order of steps. And if I put the steps in the wrong order, or if I skip the steps, then the likelihood I'm going to make the sale is zero. You know, because if I skip, like if I skip the first step and just go to what you, what do you want the solution to be? And, you know, then I can't do the, what's preventing you from having that because we didn't explore the pain point. And then also you're not going to see value in that because you haven't connected to the pain and that it's causing you in your business. Right. Mm -hmm. So you can't skip the steps and you can't do in different order because if you do, it's not going to get you where you want to go. It's sort of like, you know, baking a cake, right? If you skip the steps or you mix them up you're probably not going to get the cake right. It's the same thing in sales. Yeah. Does that make, that s- does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. There's just a couple of thoughts that were like popping into my head and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, hold on to it and don't forget was <laughs> um, there's a, uh, um, I don't know if you would call him a sales coach. He he sells courses on on what he calls like becoming a high ticket closer. Mm-hmm. And sure. one of the things that he, the, one of the big things that he's really pushing as far as like to promote his course is the fact that selling is such a, when you think about it, very low barrier of entry type career to get into. Mm-hmm. And right. it can be incredibly lucrative because of exactly what you shared at the beginning, which is mm-hmm. there's a lot of businesses, business owners, entrepreneurs, whatever it be that either are feel they're not good at it, uh, don't want to do it for whatever reasons, mm-hmm. um, just whatever, like they just don't want to touch it. And, and that's actually a, a very, I would say probably the number one type of role that a company would be more than willing to either outsource or bring somebody in early on. 
right for the reason that most of the time sales type jobs are compensated through commissions absolutely right? it's one of those things in the business and it's always one of the first places that i would have someone invest in their business when they're trying to grow right because it's a low investment price you know most of the time you can get someone a commission or a low base plus bonuses and you know, so it's a win-win situation. If they go out and kill it and bring in a bunch of sales, your business grows quickly. Yeah. If they don't sell anything, then you're not paying them anything. So it's no loss to you. So it's yeah. a win-win. It's an easy, you know, investment to make early on in your business um, because it's not really too much of an expense. Right. Um, but also what you said, you know, it's easy to get into sales. Sales can also be attractive for people because of the big ticket dollars you can make, which I think oftentimes, oh, and the other thing that exacerbates this issue as well is, there's not a lot of training out there. You know, you don't go to college to become a salesperson, right? Mm-hmm. And even when I got into sales, I, I have an engineering degree and I got into sales by accident. You know, I wanted to be a construction manager when I grew up and there was no jobs in that when I graduated because we were in a bad economy. And one of the jobs I was offered as I went through um, on-campus interviewing and stuff was a sales position. And I had zero interest in being a salesperson. Um, But my dad was a salesperson. He said, you should take that job. And I said, well, why would I want to do that? And he goes, because you're going to be calling on construction companies, building relationships with those people. And then when they're ready to hire a construction manager, guess who's going to have an inside track to do that? And I'm like, wow, that's genius, right? And just by accident, I I took the job thinking that I would be in the job for six months and leave. And I loved it. But one of the things that I learned growing up in sales, and you maybe have a similar experience, is that all the knowledge I had was self-taught. I started reading books. My boss would teach me how to sell. I learned from other sales guys in the office. So what that leads to is a lot of people getting into this because they think they can make a lot of money that aren't trained. And they sometimes learn, you know, kind of sleazy sales techniques and things like that. And that's why we have the annoying sales guy, right? Or the used car salesperson that people are like, oh, I don't want to be that person, right? And I think it's an opportunity also, because if you're good at what you do in sales, you can rise to the cream of the crop pretty quickly. Um, but a lot of those salespeople that don't quite know exactly what they're doing or, not, or are doing it in an unethical way, give everyone kind of a bad name. So I think you have to overcome that stigma a little bit sometimes. Yeah, very, very true. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. there's so many industries out there that, you know, the, a few bad apples start creating a, a very negative perception of the entire industry but i would say sales is probably one that has for a very long time a very negative perception oh they're like oh you're a salesperson they instantly think that you're gonna try and sell them (laughs) something on the spot and you're kind of like no i i don't know what you need so what can i sell you right exactly um you mentioned books. I was yes. I was wondering if we could dig into that a little bit because I'd love if we could maybe together recommend a couple of books that, that the audience could could dig into if they are looking to shore up that sales skills. Um, that could be one of the action items maybe that we we assign. You know, to I'll them. give you one actually right here. One of my favorite ones um, in my bookcase here. I've got this right next to me, but uh, I'll, this I'll is grab, kind of I'll interesting. I'll grab mine too. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> This one right here is one of the sales books I recommend to a lot of people. It's called The Idiot's Guide to Cold Calling. Oh, interesting. And strangely enough, it's written by a coach that I worked with early on in my coaching career, Keith Rosen. Um, when I first became a coach, I was looking for somebody that was already a coach that was kind of where I wanted to go. And, and Keith was that guy. You know, he had been a coach for probably 10, 15 years 
and was making really good money and was really good at what he did. And, uh, you know, he's a sales coach mainly, but he helped me get started in the coaching business and, you know, really ramp up my business from nothing to six figures in about a year. And one of the things I love about this book, and it's kind of an interesting story. When I was working with Keith, um, one of his goals was to write a book and he got approached by the Idiot's Guide people. And they said, hey, we're looking for somebody to write the Idiot's Guide to Cold Calling. But what's interesting is that Keith was never a big cold calling guy. <laughs> so I'm like, well, what are you going to do? And he goes, well, I can't pass up the opportunity, right? I got to take this. So he ended up writing the book from a standpoint of coming from a sales coaching perspective of someone that really didn't like to do cold calling and really didn't advocate for that. Yeah. So what ended up happening is this book is like a Bible on how to, you know, number one, manage your mindset and get your mindset right as a salesperson. And then also a step-by-step process on how to how to prospect people um, when you're calling them cold and how to do it in a professional way that really works. Yeah. And it's it's really a how-to guide on how to sell. Yeah. So I recommend it to a lot of people. Um, there's a whole chapter in here in chapter 10. It's called the anatomy of a prospecting conversation. And he breaks down step-by-step how to prospect with somebody. Hmm. And it's it's a great resource that I highly recommend to people. So that's one that I recommend a lot. Um, so that would be one of mine. I'm curious as to what, you know, some of yours are. Um, let's see. I, oh, geez, there's, I have a few on my shelf. I'm trying to think of like, I want to pick one. And, right. and <laughs> so while I'm thinking about that, uh, I, I want to mention something real quick about cold calling. Mm-hmm. So if, if people are reluctant about selling, which a lot of people are, Oh, they're, absolutely. I would say a hundred times more reluctant to do cold yes, calling. Very true. And even myself, having been in a very long career of, of sales, I, even at the very end, well, I shouldn't say at the end, cause I'm technically still doing selling, mm-hmm. but it's, there's always that bit of reluctance, but the one thing you had mentioned that I think is the number one thing to, to help with cold calling, it's, it's really the number one thing to help with a lot of things, but cold calling in particular is mindset. If you oh, go absolutely. into it like, oh, I hate this, you're, you're just never going to have you're success. You're done. Yeah, absolutely. The biggest change for me was reframing what that initial call was all about and what mm-hmm. defined success. Right. And for me, what it was, was as long as I can get the name of the decision maker of like, who am I trying to actually get a hold of? Like I was doing cold, cold calls. Like I I did all the research online and couldn't find who the actual decision maker was. So I would call the the front, the receptionist, whoever it was. Right. My, my sole purpose on that call was who's the person I would want to talk to about blank, whatever the services I was. Exactly. Right. And if I could get that name, bang, that was like, check that was a successful call exactly and that's so true because you know there there's a, a company down in north carolina called yanklevik uh, consumer research i think the name of the company is and they did a study back in 2012 on consumer behaviors and what they found was that the average person gets bombarded with 3500 to 5000 marketing messages every day every day every day Ugh. and this is up <laughs> this is up from you know 
it's up, you know, anywhere from seven to 10 times what it was in the seventies and eighties. Yeah. If you think about it, I, I mean, if you just think about it, we've got internet, social media, radio, you know, telephone, text message, everyone's trying to get at us, billboards, all the traditional stuff that we, you know, typically get ads and marketing from. But what they also found that's interesting is that it takes 26 impressions to move someone from complete apathy about your product or service to ready to buy. Yeah. And I always remind that, remind my clients that because that cold call or that first introduction or that first handshake in a networking meeting or whatever, that's impression number one. So yeah. if you, if your expectation is that, Hey, I'm going to get on the phone and make a cold call and make a sale, you're going to be horribly disappointed. Yeah. Same thing. If you go to a networking event, if your expectation is, Hey, I'm going to walk in, I'm going to meet 10 people. We're going to be doing business tomorrow. Probably not going to happen. But if you look at it and say, hey, this is the first step of 26 steps that I'm going to have to take to build a relationship with this person and get a sale, then what you just said is, is really important because it's like, hey, my goal here is to just get a name mm -hmm. or you know, have an introduction or have an initial conversation or leave a voicemail, whatever that is, right? Yeah. And yeah. You know, you know, it's, I think if you think about it like that, you're going to have a more effective, um, you know, uh, career as a salesperson. And also if you're a business owner trying to sell, you know, having that perspective, you're going to be a lot more successful that way. Oh, 100%. I'm, I think I've picked the book that I would recommend. And okay, it, great. It's not actually a sales book, but it, it really helped me out in, in just changing my approach to, um, building business in general. Uh -huh, not, sure. I, I don't want to necessarily sell, say selling, but just growing business. Mm -hmm. Right. And the book's called The Go-Giver. And I think I may have mentioned this in another oh, yeah. episode Bob by Berg, Bob right? Berg. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's right, actually. Aaron Walker, I had him on the show and he's he's actually good friends with Bob Berg. Mm -hmm. uh, when I read that book, it just really changed my approach to selling in that it was all about, uh, as you mentioned, still doing that, but like, how can I give value mm -hmm. upfront without having to even ask for money in, in return. Right. Absolutely. And, and once I started doing that, it was, and also just remembering, and I, I learned this quite young, but remembering that selling is, is really just about relationships and, and mm -hmm. people, right? Like getting people absolutely like you because they buy from you and not necessarily like the company or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But so true. Yeah, I, I took the approach of the go-giver and just like, okay, now I know their pains. I know what their desired outcome is. And maybe right now is not the best time to make that final purchasing decision. Mm -hmm. Right. What can I do that's going to add value to them now, but that's not really costing me a whole lot. And sometimes Absolutely. that was like, you know what? I know you're struggling with this and maybe financially you, you can't do the transaction right now, but let me send you a couple of articles that you might find some value in, or mm -hmm. let me recommend a book or send you a video or right. whatever it is. And it's just these small little gestures of adding value that, that build a stronger relationship. Mm -hmm. And then ultimately when they are ready, they're, you're already top of mind, right? Exactly. And hence the reason why prospecting and going out there and talking to as many people and engaging as many people as possible is so important because it's just, I think we, I use this analogy before, it's just planting a whole lot of seeds. 
Oh, absolutely. And, and you're nurturing it, nurturing it, nurturing it, and eventually a harvest comes. <laughs> you know, it's it's so it's so true on like multiple levels, right? You know, and I have a saying in my coaching practice when I'm coaching, you know, business leaders and salespeople, I say everything is done under a blanket of rapport. And what I mean by that is that, you know, if you don't have rapport with someone, if you and I don't like each other, if we don't connect on a certain level, then I can't influence you. And sales is all about influencing. Leadership is all about influencing. So you always want to come from a perspective of the number one thing I need to do when I'm with someone is build rapport with them. And also the number one reason people buy is because they like you. Yeah. So, you know, when you couple that with what we just talked about a moment ago around the 26 impressions, right? You know, if you can add value for somebody at every impression you have from with them, then they're going to, you're going to stay top of mind, like you mentioned, but also they're going to remember that. Yeah. And see, nowadays, that's critically important because we've all done this before. We've all gone to a seminar or something like that. And we come home and we eagerly subscribe to somebody's newsletter or something like that. And maybe the first couple months we get the newsletter and it's like lots of value to it. And then all of a sudden the articles in there don't connect with us anymore. And pretty soon we're hitting the spam button and then we've forgotten about that person. So what I always teach people is, hey, keep in mind that 26 impressions and keep in mind that you have to add value at every one of those steps, right? So if you're adding value and always coming at it from like that go-giver perspective and you're thinking that way, eventually not only is that person going to hire you, but they're going to constantly remember that you're an expert at what you do. And you're going to build all that, you know, kind of deposits into their bank account, so to speak, mm. so that they want to work with you and they want to get back to you. And that's so important nowadays because we are getting bombarded by all these different messages and things like that. It's hard to stand out from other people. And the best way to do that is just add massive value for people. Yeah, very, very true. Another thing that that there's that added benefit of, as you mentioned, like people buy from people they like. So yes. if they like you, they're mm-hmm. they're more open to hearing from you 26 times. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) There. I don't want to hear from somebody I don't like 26 times (laughs) by time. Number five, I'm going to be like, buddy, like drop it. Or you're like, you're driving me crazy right now. Absolutely. And and your chance of, of getting that business has gone to negative, right? Like I'm actually going to tell people just don't even don't work with this guy. He's he drove me bonkers, kind of thing. Exactly. So, well, yeah. well on the flip side works with that too. I mean, like you said, maybe you're not ready to work with that person, right? Or you don't have the funds to do it or whatever you'd like to. But if they're adding value for you and you like that person, you're gonna refer that person as well. Yeah. You know, so when you run across somebody that has an issue, you're gonna say, Hey, I know this guy, he could really help you with that. And you're gonna get referral business from that as well. So it's just about putting that good vibe out there to people. And if you do that and you have that reputation of adding value for people, you're always going to win in that situation. Yeah, man, that was a good conversation. I really like that. I think. Oh yeah, absolutely. Sales is so, so important in, in all aspects of life, not even business, because a lot of people forget that you are selling yourself constantly, even in a social setting, right? Right. You're, you're making impressions, you're influencing, you're, you're getting people to buy why they should want to build a relationship with you, whether it's an intimate relationship, a friendship, right. whatever it is. Exactly. So you're constantly selling. And, and I think what we both shared as far as, you know, the approaches and, and how you go about it, mm-hmm. um, that's how you, how you do it, right? You add value, Absolutely. you get, you, you do things that 
people are going to want to like you and then they're going to they're going to want to spend more time with you which is the currency of relationship is time right absolutely yep. so, so you know, true. that was really really good so let's wrap it up what's great what's the one thing though out of everything we talked about mm-hmm. what would you say is that one thing that the audience should really focus on to improve their their sales skills or their their capacity to sell Right. Well, you know, the one thing I think if out of all the stuff we talked about, I mean, I think the four-step sales process is great, right? Because it, it simplifies things and it makes it easy, you know, for people to, to sell and learn how to sell. But the biggest thing I'll leave you with is this, is that thought process of everything is done under a blanket of rapport. You know, when two people have rapport, whoever has more certainty about the outcome will influence the other person. And if you want to be a great leader, if you want to be a great salesperson, if you want to be a great business owner, you have to be able to influence people. And you cannot do that unless you build rapport with people. So, you know, that's the one thing I would, you know, leave the audience with is that if you can learn how to build rapport with people and people like you, that's Mm. 80% of the battle right there. You know, and so that would be the one thing if you're going to take one nugget away, work on your rapport building skills. Right. It's so it's so important. In fact, I'll share a story with you. I was uh, I was uh, interviewing for a coaching position for a CEO of a, a large company, and it was a female actually. And so she, uh, I was supposed to have a half hour with her, and I I called her for the interview, and she got on the phone. And she goes, "Look, Tom, I don't have a lot of time. I got ten minutes. Convince me why I should hire you as my coach." <laughs> which is totally against what we just talked about. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so here I am, I go into panic mode and I'm trying to sell her on why she wants to work with me. And it was failing miserably. And I just, I was sitting there and I was in my head and I'm like, what am I going to do? And I thought to myself, everything's done under a blanket of rapport. So I just stopped the conversation and I said, Hey, you live in, you live in New York, right? And she says, yeah. And I said, well, what do you love about living in New York? And she just paused for a second, like, why the heck is this guy asking me this? And she started talking. She said, well, I love the restaurant. So we have something in common. We both love food, right? So we start talking about that. And we started talking about her daughter. And then we ended up in a 20-minute conversation. And she was having fun. And I was having fun. And then she says, Tom, I I hate to do this. I got to go. I'm late for this meeting. It was great talking to you. Hung up the phone. I thought I lost the opportunity. Next day, got an email from her. Hey, Tom, just want to let you know, I interviewed a bunch of coaches. You're the guy. Hmm. And when she hired me, I asked her, I said, why did you hire me? And she goes, I just liked you. And I was like, okay, there you go. It's That's the lesson right there, right? Yeah. Sales call gone totally awry. <laughs> I'm doing everything I preach not to do. And then I turned it around just by building rapport. So again, you know, people buy from you because they like you. If you're a likable person, if you ask great questions, if you care about the other person and you're really, you know, there to figure out, hey, what are the challenges and how can I help them with that? You're going to be great at sales. Yeah. That's really the bottom line. Yeah, I I agree. I'll even, I'm going to add to that and say that read How to Win Friends and Influence People. Absolutely. Great book. Start Classic. there because that's going to help you build the rapport and, right. and the rest of it will... Like when you start getting a little bit like you want to learn the four steps and the, the mm-hmm. more technical stuff that that'll enhance it. But if you can, exactly. if you can influence people and, and get basically turn them into friends, you'll, yep. you're like 80% of the way there. Yeah. We, I could teach you all the other stuff, but if you can't build rapport, you're dead in the water. You're not going to yeah. be able to sell. Yeah. So Absolutely. true. So true. That was great. I think that was good advice. 
Um, so if any, if the audience wants to learn more about you or connect with you, what's the best place for them to find you? Great. The easiest place to find me is on my website, businesscoachchicago.com. Um, you can also find me online. I've got a, um, a Facebook page, also business coach Chicago. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Chicago coach, um, and on LinkedIn as well. So any of those places, but the easiest place is businesscoachchicago.com. Um, there you'll find all sorts of resources. I have a blog with like four or 500 articles on sales and marketing and business and, and leadership. So people can find lots of re free resources. I've got some free downloads and stuff like that. And also um, they can find a, a place where they can sign up for a complimentary coaching session if they want to experience, you know, coaching with me as well. So, you know, reach out to me on uh, my emails up there as well. So if you have any questions or anything um, as they listen to this or want to learn more, feel free to contact me. Awesome. Yeah. I'll make sure to include all that in the the show notes. Perfect. Um, yeah. Cause I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that were like, man, I, I don't like sales, but if I had a coach, maybe. Oh, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> maybe. And that's one of the biggest things too. When I first started getting in this business, um, one of the first things I did at the prompting of somebody else was to hire a coach. And it was the best thing I could do because that really fast forwarded my process. It helped me build a six figure business in about 12 months. Um, which is great because had I not done that, I probably would have really struggled and I might not be here talking to you about it as well. Hmm. You know, so I, th I think it's really critical and important. It's worth the investment. Great. Well, that was a fantastic conversation. I really appreciate it, Tom. And awesome. uh, yeah, this was fun. Looking forward to future conversations because I have a feeling we may we may talk some more. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, one one of my goals eventually here is to uh, do a podcast as well. So maybe we can I can return the favor and interview you a little bit. That'd be great. All right. Yeah. So do me a favor. Let me know when this uh, goes up and stuff. I'd love to promote it and get it out there and get people you know eyeballs on what you're doing. Will do. Thanks, Tom. Awesome. Take care. Yeah, you're welcome. You too. Mm -hmm. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Get Coach Podcast. If you're looking for more information, you can head over to our website, which is getcoachedpodcast.com. You'll find the show notes for this and every other episode there. And if getting actionable advice every week from professional coaches is something you want more of, then make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes.